0: It ain't the left side for the right side, and it must be the side. ain't the left side the right side. Thank
1: you, Solo D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fin Side here with Kat and Paul Thicken. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, and on iHeartRadio. Paul and I are taking a look here at a few dolphins that are trending up and trending down as we go into the third and most meaningful preseason game against the Philadelphia Eagles, Paul, uh, we, we've got a handful of players here. I mean, the Dolphins had an up-and-down game against the Ravens. Nothing to worry about. They lost 31-7, to but really all of that came when – Not only the first string, but the second string was was already out of the football game. So, not a huge deal, nothing to worry about, just like the rest of preseason. But it does give us a chance to take a look at some individual performances. Let's take a look at your top three
2: players that are trending up at this point. You you can't have a trending up without pointing at Davin Godshaw, and this is a guy that we looked at coming out of the draft. We liked the pick. We thought he was going to. Need a little more time to develop, but sitting next to and Sue, given the relationship he's already built up with Sue and given his play on the field, Jordan Phillips may not have taken the steps we hoped he did this offseason, but he hasn't really been a slouch either. Godshaw is, is getting these starts and probably will start the regular season opener because of his merit more so than the shortcomings of Jordan Phillips. I expect to see Phillips in the rotation with Godshaw. I expect to see Vincent Taylor get a little bit of time. But Gachau has, from day one, seized the reins at that defensive tackle position and, and basically played like he was a first-rounder. So huge, huge thing from him. Second person probably trending up for me, I got to look at Jakeem Grant. I know I'm a little biased here. He's a player I've, I've liked since they drafted him. We didn't get to see him in the receiving game very much last season at all. We didn't get to see him on offense very much at all last season. But in this preseason, he's gotten in there on offense, hasn't had huge totals, but no one does in preseason games typically. And he's shown the propensity to go up and catch Devontae Parker-height footballs. He's catching everything thrown his way pretty much and really shown that he can possibly be a weapon in the receiving game in addition to if he can get the fumbles under control in the return game. So huge kudos to him for what he's done this offseason for seizing that opportunity when he's had the chance and really shown a little bit as a wide receiver in at a very deep position, standing out and saying, I belong here. And he even led the team out of the tunnel for, for one of the games. So good on him with that. Third one trending up, there's a lot of people we really could consider here. There's a number of people along the offensive line. Uh, there's a, a number of guys in the receiving core, Devontae Parker and Kenny Stills have both shown a really good rapport with Jay Cutler. But for me, I've got to go with Isaac Asiata. He was a guy that looked pretty lost at the start of training camp, seemed overwhelmed, didn't seem like he was going to be the player that we hoped he could be. And then all of a sudden it's like that light switch clicked for the guy in the second preseason game. And he started making a lot of plays, showing a lot of really good awareness and showing that he belongs. So, if they do bring Ted Larson back from injured reserve this season, because I know he is designated where he can return, there may not be that starting role for him that that the Dolphins had envisioned when they signed him. Asiata may solidify that left guard position, at which point there is no contest when he comes back.
1: It's interesting that Jesse Davis seems to be the front runner in that left guard role and not Isaac Asiata. Because, you know, Colin, we've watched the same game, and. Asiata seems to be every game just destroying people up front, especially in the run game. I mean, you look at Sonoris Perry's touchdown run, the first score of the game against the Ravens, Asiata, I posted on Twitter, he was the one throwing those key blocks. Jesse Davis, meanwhile, in the first eight snaps of the game for the Miami Dolphins, he whipped, he whipped on three of those eight blocks, and He's got to be playing much better during the week because right now during the preseason games, I'm not seeing why Davis is being considered for this job and Asiata
2: isn't. That's fair. So who, who are your three here?
1: One I think is continuing to trend upward. Uh, number one is Eric Smith, so the, the offensive tackle, undrafted. This is a player who pro football focus had, had a fifth-round grade on, and when the Dolphins picked him up as an undrafted free agent earlier in the offseason, Uh, He was a player that I really had pigeonholed as somebody who I thought would make the team. I I think he looks the part. He's got long arms. I think he needs to play with a little bit more balance. But I think once he starts doing that, he could be that third tackle for the Dolphins uh, long term because Sam Young is really uh, really struggling right now, even though he's played a lot more regular season games than than Eric Smith has, obviously. So Eric Smith is my number one. Number two, someone that we haven't talked a whole heck of a lot about, preseason is William Hayes. I I've been very impressed with what I've seen with Hayes so far. I mean, it, he's an edge setter. He sets constant pressure. And I thought in this past preseason game, he didn't get any sacks, but he was in there on just about every play. It allows the dolphins to really take their time a lot more in developing Charles Harris as that fourth defensive end. Finally, I, I'm going to go with somebody I I've I've really not liked for a while here Terrence day is started to look pretty good here uh, over the last couple of preseason games. I think he's playing with a lot more power. But then again, this August has always been the month of, of Terrence for day So uh, was, I guess a few other players that stick out. Uh, our feature that we've mentioned, I think everyone at cornerback had a good game for the Dolphins. Byron Maxwell forces two fumbles. Xavier Howard plays great with the ball over his head, makes a, makes a very nice interception. Cornerback just
2: really seemed to be on fire
1: in that last preseason game against the Ravens.
2: Yeah, I completely agree with you on that. It, it's really the corners in that game, definitely were overmatching the receivers. And unfortunately, the Dolphins weren't able to come up with some of those forced fumbles from uh, Maxwell. Otherwise, that really could have been a big tide turner for, for this team. So, Paul, who are your three that are trending down at this point in the offseason? I'm actually going to start with two guys at the same position. I had some pretty big expectations uh, as far as another year of development for Julius Wormsley. He was a guy that last off season showed that he belonged, showed the positional flexibility to play defensive tackle as well as defensive end. He was able to make some things happen. He did a lot in the limited opportunity he had last year. And, and this season, he just so far, he looks like he's just getting washed away when he's out there on defense. I see him getting blown off the ball. I don't see him getting the penetration we saw from him last year. And this is going up against the threes and fours in a lot of cases. The other guy that I'm going to throw right back under the bus with him, and granted, he's a guy I was never high on, but I know the team has shown at least lukewarm praise for the kid, Nick Williams. Uh, If Vincent Taylor, Davin Godchow, Jordan Phillips are making you look obsolete and you're supposed to be some form of stout player at the defensive tackle position, I'm almost of a mindset that they might as well cut ties with him now and bring in somebody else for a tryout that might at least have a a chance at making the roster or unseating somebody because, let's face it, the four in the middle are pretty well set at this point, and I I don't see either of these two guys making a case to be the fifth there. Another guy for me that definitely doesn't seem to be taking advantage of anything here and has to and seems to really be trending down, and I know it's somebody we talked about in our 53-man projections, Walt Aikens. He moved back to corner where he was supposed to be decent, which surprised me a little bit because the numbers game at corners we've already touched on here in a previous episode. Supposedly, he was more comfortable there, but I almost think he looks even worse at corner. The guy's purely a special teamer, and unfortunately, Miami has a bunch of very decent or good special teamers that he's not even outplaying them at this point. So, Aikens might be a guy that had a lot of upside a couple years ago, but just looks overwhelmed out there at times now. I don't know. What what are your thoughts there? What do you have for your three? I
1: I agree with you on, and to piggyback on what you said, yeah, Walt Akins may find himself in a three-way competition with Lafayette Pitts and with Jordan Lucas for that final roster spot at defensive back. It's possible you see two out of that group make it. But, yeah, I mean, if they moved Akins from safety to cornerback and you're not seeing him out there until the fourth quarter, you know, special teams are not. That's not a great thing because not only if you're keeping Aikens on your roster, you're also going to have him in your opening day or your starting 45 on active game day if he's worthy of keeping on the roster. Otherwise, you're going to get somebody who at least has the ability to have some positional flexibility that that can really get on the field. And, and on defensive tackle, I'm with you. I don't see any way at this point that Vincent Taylor doesn't make the team over Nick Williams. And Julius Warmsley. I, I I was high of Warmsley too, but I don't know that injury must have done something to him because he's really not there. The three that stick out for me. Number one, I I, I was starting to really come along on Dion Lacey after our, you know, our show last week. I I did think coming from the CFL, he had some range, he had some speed, but man oh man, it was not a good day for him against the Ravens. Um, Max Williams, I think, got two players cut. Dion Lacey and Chase Allen, Uh, they really, I thought, had a chance to secure that sixth linebacker spot. Both of them didn't do very well. So those are two of mine that really stick out. And I've got to go against Sam Young here with the way he played in, in the last preseason game. Did not look strong. Did not look stout at the point of attack. He had two penalties. At this point, you have to start wondering, does Eric Smith become that third offensive tackle behind Laramie Tunzel and behind Juwan James? So, Paul, we have a lot that are trending up, a lot that are trending down. What are you looking for here in this dress rehearsal
2: against the Philadelphia Eagles? I'm really looking to see a little bit more out of the first team offense in in this game against the Eagles. For me, it's a scenario where I want to see Cutler develop that timing we keep hearing about from practice. I want to see a game situation where he's hitting guys like Parker and and, and Stills and Landry. I want to see a little bit more out of Pisano and Julius Thomas and, and really see what he's able to do with those guys. See a few good connections. Quiet a few people down about, you know, smoking Jay Cutler and his interceptions coming to South Beach. I want to see some good, solid play from the first-team offense. I want to see guys that we've talked about here, Jakeem Grant. I want to see him continue to improve in this game. I want to see Godshaw. I want to see Jordan Phillips. I want to see them both do very well in this game and make it an uncomfortable decision for a good reason for for Miami and, and Matt Burke in terms of which one's going to start on that defensive line. Because if they both are playing well, oh no, they're both going to be out on the field for a hell of a lot of snaps this season. So I want to see some of that. I'd like to see Charles Harris take a little more of a step forward because he seems to almost be that forgotten rookie at this point, given the play of of some of these other guys. So I'd like to see him kind of get get his feet wet, get a sack under his belt against Wentz and just play play some solid football and, and show why he was the Dolphins' first-round pick. And then I'd like to see Dion Lacey go back to what we saw in that first game because I do think he's a guy that can not only help Miami on special teams, but also be a necessity on, on that 45-player roster where essentially he's active because Miami may or may not need him to help out at the linebacker position. We we can only keep so many guys in the secondary active to play special teams. We're not going to have three active linebackers and ten active defensive backs just because of the special teams factor. So we need some of these linebackers like Hull and Lacey to play special teams here, and I'll be looking for that as well. I'm going to be
1: looking at the line play here, uh, with specifically in individual performances, Anthony Steen, Jesse Davis, and Isaac Asiata, because now that Craig Erbick, couldn't miss the first couple of weeks of the regular season. Maybe, maybe not. The Dolphins could be in some big trouble at that spot. I look at Je- Jesse Davis or Anthony Steen projected to be that week one starting left guard. And we got Gerald McCoy coming to town. and That keeps me up at night. I mean, so they need to strengthen that at the interior of that line in, in any way necessary. If not, maybe it's time to get a Nick Mangold on the phone or some other offensive guard out there in the free agent market. You were listening to On the Fin Side here with Kat and Paul Pick and taking a look at a few players on the Dolphins roster, trending up and treading, trending down. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, Sprinker, YouTube, and on iHeartRadio. Keep listening to us here and subscribe to our channels. We're going to be with you for year round of Miami Dolphins news. And if it's not on the right side, it's not on the left side. It is on the fin side. Solo D, take us home.
0: It ain't the left side for the right side, and it must be the fin side. It ain't the left side for the right side, and it must be the fin side. Listen, Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what Brian Cat and Paul about to do
2: again. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger.